Some churches today are teaching that there are no more apostles or prophets. Some churches teach that Paul was the last apostle. Some churches say Paul was the twelfth apostle who replaced Judas. These teachings are not correct according to the Bible. There are so many things being taught wrongly about the ministries, the ministry offices, and especially about apostles and prophets. If you remove apostles and prophets from the churches, it would be similar to if you removed policemen and judges in courts of law from the governments of men. There would be chaos. And in fact, today, there are chaoses in the churches because what they have done, and this is an end-time problem, because Paul said in the last days before Jesus could come, Churches would have to fall away from Scripture. The apostasy would come into the churches before Jesus could come back the second time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul tells us that. Verse 3, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In 1982, I was reading this scripture in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and God said to me by his Spirit, the falling away that Paul's speaking of here, these, this is not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scripture. And that's what you would see as we grow nearer to the end of this world. We know the end times began with the resurrection of Jesus. We know that because of what the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now in the church that John is speaking to, he was upholding the scripture in that church. And John said in verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. They left the church that John was speaking to because that church was holding up doctrines of Christ. The Apostle Paul ran into exactly the same thing in his day with the church at Ephesus. Paul called the elders of the church together and Paul warned them 
in Acts chapter 20. Start at verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, says Paul, shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Now remembering that he's speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus, Verse 30, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. All these denominations that have been set up since the time of the apostles John and Paul, all these various denominations are a pulling away from the Holy Scriptures, and setting up other doctrines. You may think, well, that's insane. That couldn't have happened. How many times have you heard it taught that the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? How many times have you heard that taught at church? I have never heard it taught in a church. Since 1975, I've never heard that taught in a church. And yet that's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32. Why isn't it taught in churches? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Why aren't they teaching that? Well, it wouldn't be popular for one thing. The churches have changed so much. People often say it's watered down today. I heard a Baptist woman say that a few years ago to me. She said, I just don't go anymore to church because it's so watered down. It's changed from what it used to be. I know they've changed. I know we've had a tremendous change in the churches. We've had a tremendous change in society. Just look at England, for example. In 1936, Edward, who was king of England, wanted to marry a divorced woman, a twice-divorced woman. They would not permit it. The churches in England at that time were teaching that it was wrong. But they weren't teaching enough of the specific scripture. If you go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, that's the specific scripture on the subject. Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, whoever divorces his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Matthew 5.32 We had a man in our church group who filed divorce papers against his wife. When I heard about it, I contacted him and I said, Was your wife unfaithful to you? He thought about it and said, No. 
And I said, well, the only scriptural reason for you to file a divorce against your wife is if she's unfaithful to you. He checked the scripture of Matthew 5.32 and he withdrew the divorce papers from the U.S. courts because of the scripture. Jesus says, I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. The faithful wife who has been divorced will likely go out and remarry, and when she remarries after the divorce, she will commit adultery. That's what Jesus is saying here. But he says that the husband who divorced the faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Mark chapter 10, look at that. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus says, In verses 10 and 11, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11, Apostle Paul said, This is a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. These things are just not taught at the churches that I've attended since 1975, and I don't think you're hearing them taught. Are you really hearing this taught at your church? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? Or are you hearing another doctrine, another gospel? Are you hearing, oh, God loves you and wants you to be happy, so of course you can marry a divorced woman. Of course you can divorce and remarry. Is that what you're hearing? Which one are you hearing? What are they doing at your church? Are your pastors performing wedding ceremonies where the woman is divorced? Is your pastor warning the man, if you marry this divorced woman, you commit adultery? I won't perform a wedding ceremony in such cases. Is your pastor saying that? You know what he's saying. This is Antichrist. This is Antichrist in the church today. We are drawing closer to the end times. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we read the following. Starting at verse 10, because they received not the love of the truth of the scriptures, that they might be saved for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. In verse 8, we read, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Jesus is coming to gather the elect of God. That's Matthew 24, verses 30, 31, 
He's coming to gather the elect of God. He's not coming to gather the apostate churches, which are everywhere, all over the world. Churches that have turned away from Scripture and set up other doctrines. It's so dangerous to be sitting in that type of church. God said to me, they love their church buildings, they love their stained glass. They love the artworks, the carved work around the pulpits. They love their preachers. They just don't have a love for the Word of God. They love the appearance of godliness. But when you get down to the exact scripture, that's when you can tell the difference. The elect of God, those born again, they're very different from those people who went forward and were baptized in water without seeing their sin, without repenting of their sin. So some churches today teach there are no more apostles or prophets. primary thing an apostle will do is try to get you to uphold Scripture, just as I have done in this recording. And the primary thing a prophet will do is show you your sins and try to get you out of traps and get you ready for the kingdom of God just as John the Baptist did. After the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, in the Bible we read that Jesus from heaven gave gifts to the New Testament church. And these gifts were ministers to help the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, Wherefore he, Jesus, saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verses 11, 12. And he, Jesus, gave some apostles, not just one apostle, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Not just one apostle, but some apostles. There were originally 12 apostles chosen by Jesus when he walked in the flesh during the time that he lived on this earth. Judas Iscariot turned him into the Jews and had Jesus crucified. And Judas himself committed suicide over what he had done. In Acts chapter 1, Peter tells them we have to choose someone to replace Judas and be the twelfth apostle. And who did they choose? This is a very interesting writing. Acts chapter 1. Start at verse 21. Wherefore of these men which have companied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day 
that Jesus was taken up from us must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So the person chosen to be this replacement apostle, replacing Judas, had to be someone that walked with Peter and the other apostles from the time of the baptism of John until the same day that Jesus was taken up into heaven. It couldn't be Paul. Paul never saw Jesus, but he was persecuting a Christian, so it couldn't be Paul. He couldn't be the twelfth apostle, according to the requirements set up by Peter. At verse 23, And they appointed two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. So they had Justice and Matthias to select one of these two men to be that twelfth apostle to replace Judas. And they prayed and said, Lord, thou knowest the hearts of all men. Show us whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgresseth fail, that he may go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Matthias was the twelfth apostle. So where does that leave Paul? The churches that teach that Paul was the twelfth apostle, that's not right. Matthias was the twelfth apostle. It's exactly what we read in Acts chapter 1. So how did Paul get to be an apostle? From heaven, Jesus chose Paul, just like he chooses every minister today. There is a call of God on the life of all of those who are chosen by Jesus to be a minister. So once again, back to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 8, when he, Jesus, ascended up on high, when he was resurrected and taken into heaven, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 11, and he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So from heaven, Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the New Testament church. There is no place where it says apostles and prophets have been removed from the New Testament church, and yet churches today, some of them, profess this doctrine. It's not true. Are there prophets in the New Testament church, in the New Testament Bible? Are there examples of prophets in the book of Acts? New Testament prophets? Absolutely, they're everywhere in the New Testament church, in the book of Acts. If you see them in the Bible, they exist today. If you see a New Testament prophet doing work in the New Testament, in the Bible, They're here today doing work. Nothing has changed. 
since the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus set up the New Testament church from heaven. No changes have been made to it since that time. If you can find it in the Bible, it exists today. Concerning prophets working in the New Testament church in the Bible, Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 30. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it unto the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Acts 15.32 And Judas and Silas, being prophets also themselves, exhorted the brethren with many words and comforted them. Acts 16, verses 4 and 5 And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. This is exactly the same work done today by the apostles and prophets. Throughout the book of Acts, you can see both apostles and prophets working in the New Testament church. Nothing has changed since the time Jesus was resurrected and taken into heaven, and the New Testament church was established by Jesus from heaven. And actually, the New Testament church began with the resurrection of Jesus into heaven. Today, we have given by Jesus to the New Testament churches apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry. But many churches have eliminated all thinking concerning apostles and prophets because apostles are going to fight to try to keep the church doing New Testament scriptures. They won't let the churches pull away from the scriptures. And that is something that Antichrist does is to remove scripture from the New Testament church and set up other doctrines. We are at the end times and the apostasy in the churches has already happened. I'm going to recommend to you a book which Pam Padgett and I have written and it is entitled Attending Church. It's in ebook form at this point in time. The price of the book is 99 cents on Amazon because we kept it low in price so that virtually everyone could afford it. It is a book which I think you will find very revealing concerning the end time churches of today. 
Also, the writing that I've done on this podcast goes into more detail on the subject of apostles and prophets, so I urge you to carefully read the material which I have written that is attached to this podcast. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.